It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. I'm happy, but I'm also like, what? Because teams I picked won tonight, Brady, but the scores were nowhere near the ballpark of what I thought was going to happen. I had one of the strangest games I've ever seen. Um, I've never seen a team force six turnovers and still get shut out. Um, I sure as hell didn't think it would be a 34-point game in the Crosstown Showdown. That's the largest margin of victory in almost a decade. Uh, the BWAC, I mean, Almont Armada was what we, I think, expected it to be, a, a one-point game. Um, but, yeah, the, some of these games I think we're going to have to take a long time to talk about. And, and what they mean, and is the team that won, did they, are they just that much better, or are they... Have they elevated themselves, or did we maybe overhype the team that lost convincingly? Those will be questions that we will try to decide on as we get things rolling. We will start in the uh, MAC as we usually do, with the two big rivalry games that we saw, plus uh, St. Clair had another heartbreaker uh, this week, and we'll get to that in a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. 
For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry-out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Well, I mean, it, it was uh, it was kind of a strange night in week five. We had the Crosstown Showdown. We had two teams that had won three in a row. Two teams that were kind of playing like we thought they would play. Northern's defense shutting people uh, down. Uh, PH kind of rolled over a couple of teams, had a tough game with Mott in between. But th- this was what we thought was for the blue title for the winner of this uh, game. And we were expecting a real grudge match kind of a football game. And it started out all Northern. They got a three-and-out stop where PH went backwards. They were looking at like fourth and 29 when they punted the ball away. The punt got blocked. Shocker. The Huskies never block a punt. Um, And Northern was set up at the 32 of PH, and I'm like, wow, the Huskies have the, the chance to strike first. But they got stopped on fourth and three at the 25, and from that moment on, Port here on high, flipped the switch, and rolled. And, and folks, 34 to nothing. Yeah. I, I, I'm still like, really? Is is that what happened? Is that what I saw tonight? Like, I thought Northern – I thought PH would win, and I thought their offense had a chance to, you know, do more than what we've seen the last couple years with 14 points. Like I, I said in my prediction, I think they might get into the 20s. I, I I did not see this. I did not see this at all. Um, but wow! And then I'm, I'm going to tell wrong. you something else, and you're not going to believe me. Northern's defense actually played pretty good in this football game. Well, it was a pick six and a fumble that set up what a, a first and goal that uh, well, made it two, a bit. Two interceptions led uh, to uh, two interceptions led to two touchdowns. Um, the, the Huskies also fumbled the, the ball, but there were several possessions in the first half when the score was 14 nothing, where PH got the ball inside the 50. Uh, one drive started at the 36, and Northern didn't give up squadouche. And, like, that's there's pressure on the defense there. Your offense isn't moving the ball, and if you give up a third score, game's over in the first half. Yeah. And, and they gave their team a chance to come out in the second half and and get something done and get back in that game. Because if they score either before the end of the half or coming out, you know you're one play away, whether it's a fumble that you pick up, whether it's another blocked punt, whether it's, hey, a broken play that goes for six. If you can get it within a one score, you know you're maybe a stroke of luck of way. But, Dennis... I mean, do, do you want to get to the highlights now or do you want yeah, to keep talking uh, well, about Well, I'll this? get to the highlights, but I'm just like, again, 
So it's 34 to nothing, but I thought Northern's defense played well. PH's defense was dynamite tonight. They're terrific. Uh, just out. I can't say enough about what they uh, they did. And, you know, PH's uh, – nobody's stats are going to blow you away, but PH's stars made plays. Amari had two touchdowns, and he threw a touchdown and, pass. And I feel good for that young man. Yeah. Ga- Gavin – Troy, nine rushes, six yards. So what does he do? Catch two long passes, including uh, the opening touchdown pass. We'll get to the highlights. Then, yeah, uh, we'll talk uh, with Coach Perkins and then bring up the Amari point again. Don't Let's not forget about that. Adams, the only receiver to the right. Straight drop Amari on fourth down and eight. Fires. Troy's wide open at the 20. 15, 10, 5. He's into the corner of the end zone for a Red Hawk touchdown. On fourth and eight from the 38. They go 38 yards to Gavin Troy for the score. PH strikes first. Here's an interesting look. They empty the backfield. Five receivers quads to the right. Straight drop Fletcher. Pump fakes. Now throws. Picked off. Intercepted at the 45-yard line. And here comes PH on the return. It's Jackson Rowe all the way inside the 10 and out of bounds at the six-yard line. And a battle at the goal line, a rugby pile, and Amari, did he get in? No signal. No signal. Touchdown! Red Hawks. Amari Holler got it in. Oh, they've been doing that to us this year, waiting and waiting and waiting. But the arms finally went up as the rugby pile ended up in the Husky end zone. Touchdown, holler from a yard out, 13-0 Redhawks. Fletcher looking that way. Throws instead, picked off Gilbert at the 20-15-10-5. He's into the end zone for a Redhawk touchdown. Joe Gilbert with the pick six for P.H. Twenty to nothing, Red Hawks, with 10:57 to go in the third. Looking at uh, second and eight, low snap. Holler's got it. Now it's a little jump pass, complete to Hoffman, who's open at the 50. Hoffman into Husky territory, dropped the ball, but it's picked up now, and Adams is down the far sideline, and he's going to score. Hoffman fumbled the ball as he was hit. Around the 40-yard line, but Adams picked up the ball and ran it in for a score. Touchdown, Red Hawks. They go up 27 to nothing with 2.37 to go here in the third. Trips to the uh, left here. They've been running right when they've done this formation, and that's where Amari's going. He's running to the right. Amari. Inside the five, slips a tackle, and he's into the end zone for a Red Hawk touchdown. 11 yards for Huller, and that'll make it 34 to nothing with 9.19 to go here in the fourth.
And that would be your uh, final score in the football game. 34 to nothing. The Brick Fowler Trophy goes to PH this year after uh, spending uh, last year in a Northern Trophy uh, case. This actually snapped a, a two-game Northern win streak. One of the games was the playoffs where they don't exchange the, uh, the trophy. But uh, caught up with uh, Coach uh, Perkins for a couple minutes after the game. Dan Perkins joins me after a big-time Red Hawk win. Okay, that you could win this game? Yeah, sure. 34 nothing. I did not see this coming, and your defense was tremendous tonight. Yeah, we really worked hard. We had a really good look at Northern. We felt we had a good idea what they were going to do, uh, and we worked hard on some of the things that they do well. Uh, and it obviously paid off uh, in droves. Uh, hats off to Northern. They hit the heck out of us. But, uh, you know, we came to play tonight um, defensively, especially uh, two pickoffs, too. That was incredible. We just had a great night. Slow start. Uh, the first drive wasn't terrific, and then they blocked the punt. But then your defense gets a fourth down stop. And really, after that moment, you guys drove down. You got the touchdown pass to Gavin. And then things just started rolling your way. Yeah, you know, we focused on their inside run and stopping their inside run and C-gap run. And uh, and our guys up front, I tell you every week, I tell you about them, I can't talk enough about them. They're just really, really good, strong football players, and they did a great job uh, stopping that inside run. And once we had that covered, uh, we figured we could cover their passing game uh, pretty well if, if we could concentrate our guys up front on the run. So uh, that's what we did. And then, yeah, uh, we got special kids, as you know, and uh, they kind of took over. So it was a good night to be a Red Hawk. And even down at the end, you had some backups on the uh, the field, and they got the stop when they needed the stop to preserve the shutout. I don't know how bad you wanted that, but I know it's always good when you shut out your rival. Yeah, well, you know, I told the guys, you know, if they score, they score. But uh, the kids that got on the field have had some good playing time. We have some quality backups, so uh, they were able to hang hang in there and, and do what they needed to do. It was fantastic. It's awesome to get a goose egg, yeah, playing anybody. Good win. Congratulations. Enjoy it. Thanks, Dennis. There's Coach Perk. All right. For uh, a guy that Perk just, was happy. For a guy that just shut out his rival, like you, you watch him and he's one of the most fiery coaches on the sideline. But then you talk to him, and he's just got this quiet, calming voice. Just, oh, yeah, you know, it's good It's good to get the win. Love to see the shutout. But well, I mean, he's trying to be humble, uh, and, and he, he, know, he knows they kicked their butt. And, but he's not going to say that. Right. He has, you know, and I believe it's sincere. I think he's got a lot of respect for Larry Rollins and for Port Huron Northern. And, and I also think while he's proud – while he's happy as heck, he's a little surprised too that it was thirty-four to nothing. Well, I think that shows just what PH can do. And again, it's the question: Has PH just elevated themselves to being really, really good? And I think we'll talk on Tuesday's show. Now that we're halfway through the season, you look at what a potential road for PH could be. Hey, they might be finally karma might be coming around for all the De La Salle draws they've gotten, and. To beat a team like Northern 34 to nothing, like, how good are the Red Hawks? But you mentioned Well, they're the, the favorite in every game left on their schedule. I'm sorry. Oh, and I think by a significant amount. Like, I don't know if there's a game you go, well, that one could be tricky. Like, I think if they do what they can do, they'll end up 8-1. and one. But 
the Amari thing uh, we were, I mentioned, or I, I guess I teased before the interview. And this is something that I'm ne- we're never going to bring up and make a storyline. This is high school football. This isn't the NFL or college. But this is the first game, believe it or not, the first crosstown showdown that Amari Holler has won as quarterback. His first year, he played as a freshman in 2020. They won, but he was a safety in the backup quarterback. Then in 2021, he wasn't, he was, well, he was suspended for the game and they won 14 7. Yeah, but Nate Oriole was that quarterback. Yeah. Did a wonderful job. Yes. And then he came back in the playoffs and they lost 14 0. 13 0. 13, whatever. In the mud bowl. Yes. <laughs> then they lose last year. They don't rematch in the playoffs. So it took this young man five tries. And if you would have just told me that before the before we did our show Thursday, I would have went, Dennis, no, he had to have won one as the quarterback, right? Because he's been there so long and he's played so well. And I think it has to be a relief. And that's kind of why I thought PH was going to win this game. I thought Gavin Troy and uh, Amari Holler and Noah Myuri and all that senior class, knowing this was their last shot, they were going to will a way for PH to win because Northern, a lot of their guys we're talking about are a bit younger or still have a little bit of time to marinate where PH's guys, I mean, they have some juniors that are pretty good players, and Joey Gilbert's going to be a heck of a guy for them the next few years. I know Perk's really happy he gets two more full seasons of that young Gilbert boy, but I just thought PH had a little more experience in this one. Yeah, uh, and I, I will say this. There were some hard hits in this football game delivered by both sides. Um, and what did Taddy say? It's the, the one sport where you can legally assault someone? Yeah, and, and we had that uh, a couple of times <laughs> in this football game. Um, and, again, it, it's my first look at Northern. Like, like for the fir- the first half, their defense uh, deserves a medal for for keeping them in that that game, um, and and it's a combination of things because I think Northern can be better offensively than they were in this game. I don't know how much better they're, the PH defense can play. They're kind though. of feast or famine. They the were first five weeks. Yeah, like when they're figured out, they're figured out. But when they're rolling, they're doing a pretty good job. Um, but but they struggled. All, all their rushing yards came on the last drive that they had prior to that. They, and then they still got stopped. Yeah, they, they couldn't run the ball. Uh, and, and and Ty struggled a little bit. He, he threw the two interceptions, um, and, and he had one or two other balls that I thought he got lucky that it wasn't intercepted. But you can also see, because he zipped one in on a crossing route to Haru, and you're just like, Damn, if he could throw it like that every time. You see flashes. Yeah. You're like, I, I can see, you know, where there's a lot of uh, potential. But a couple of sacks for PH. Again, they struggled running the, the ball. And he really only seemed to me to have a connection with Haru. Haru caught three passes. Nobody else really, I don't know if they weren't open or – whatever PH but like a good game plan maybe. No, no catches for max williams no catches for amir moreland no catches for watkins watkins had one carry for minus one yard and that was late in the game left yeah um so so that was 
the, the you know the, they just never got it going and then when they had a chance they couldn't uh, make make a play they couldn't get a big play tonight and then the other thing was is in years past I've had to harp on PH for losing their cool well that's something I wanted to bring up is PH the last few years have they were good for one maybe two personal fouls a game and not in the heat of battle. All right, you you, you got a half step too late to the quarterback and maybe a, a more liberal crew would let it go. No, like dumb ones where you go, come on, you're holding yourself back. I have maybe they have. I haven't seen that from them this year, and I think that's why they've been so dominant. Yeah. Well, Northern was the team tonight. They they took a lot of personal fouls and, and you know, unsportsmanlike. They they kind of unraveled and, and lost their cool, I thought, especially in the third quarter uh, of the uh, the game. And and that's really where PH put it away. They, they, the two scores in the third made it 28 to nothing, and, and you knew that at that point it was too big of a mountain to, to climb. And Northern kind of lost their cool and made sure that they weren't going to climb the mountain, made sure that they got to the very bottom by taking a bunch of 15-yard uh, penalties. So uh, th- that was a little disappointing. But, again, you-, you brought up the point. They are kind of young, and that's something that, that I kind of have looked past all year. And and the other thing about it, like Heck and, and Bennett, they weren't bad. No, but I just didn't say their names a lot. I just there were a lot of guys tonight for Northern who I thought I'd be saying their name a lot, and I just well, it's didn't. And it's not as if Northern's defense got torched. I mean, okay, they gave up what three real touchdowns? Yeah, like, uh, they they and were one they was were a put, fumble that the other kid that another kid picked up and scored. Yeah, you're so, not going to do that. They made a good play. Right. They stopped the kid and knocked the ball loose. It just went to the wrong guy. So I wanted to ask you this. I think there's a kid on PH that might be one of the best players that we almost never talk about. We know Noah Mayuri's really good, and he takes a lot of the the attention up front. But is Joey Seppo a great player to have next to him? That, yeah, you get focused on Noah, but Joey Seppo's a young player that is making a big impact for Port Huron next to him, especially with all the attention maybe going to someone else. And from everyone I talked to, between the guards was basically eliminated for Northern tonight. And Seppo was a nice reason why alongside Myuri. Yeah, and again, names that I say. Myuri had a, a big sack uh, a week ago against Frazier. I think Seppo had three sacks. And he was all over the place, and they're just rock solid. You know, and, and a lot of the guys we talk about on offense, like Jalen Young, Noah Adams, Gavin Troy. Gavin Troy is great at linebacker. Yeah. He's as good as anybody in the area. It, when he goes on to the next level, there's as good of a chance he plays linebacker somewhere as he does running back. And the because and he has the one thing you can't teach, Dennis, it could be uh, – Prime Jerome Bettis running through, and he's still going to stick his nose in there and try and make the tackle. He's tough as nails. And I talk about like Williams and Watkins not catching any passes. Amari Holler's co- covering those guys. Mm. Maybe that's why. And Amari, we don't talk about his defense. Well, he's the, great when he's on the field defensively. At, there's a good chance at the next level he becomes a defensive back. Like he, remember that's where he started as a freshman for Port here on high. 
there, there have not been a lot of freshmen that have started for Port here on high, especially in the secondary. But, I mean, boy, this was as, I, I guess, shocking of a result. Not Again, not that PH won. We all picked PH to win. Yeah. But if you would have said, like, if I were to give you I'm, ten I'm guesses thinking, at the score, yeah. at least four of them would have been Northern winning. And, and and I, you know, again, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm picking PH, but uh, what twenty to fourteen? Uh, that's 14 what I was thinking. Twenty one, fourteen, something like you know, 14. something like that. Um, and and Northern scored forty two points last week, and I don't care who you do it against. Forty two points is a big number. I had them for ninety yards tonight. 90. And, and again, part of it is what Northern was doing, but a lot of it was what PH was doing. I, I really thought that that was a monster effort by PH. Um, and, and again, um, the, the, the Husky defense, I'm not going to say a bad word about because, again, 21 of those points were to, uh, an interception that was returned, so that's not against them. Um, an interception that was returned to the six, and ooh, they couldn't stop PH on a six-yard drive. Who can? Well, we'll talk. there was a team that did that tonight. Um, yeah, but the, the different circumstances. I, I know, I and, know, and they I'm weren't just, stopping PH. I, I know. I was just making a joke. Yeah, uh, and and then again, the weird play where they they did it right and jarred the ball loose for a potential turnover. And, and the and PH picks it up and runs it forty yards for well, a touchdown. I talk about it all the time. Fumbles are luck. Fumbles are things that, yeah, you coach and you can put yourself in position to force them. But I mean, how, Dennis, how many times do you see just a fumble? I mean, I saw it tonight. Um, sometimes a kid just gets hurt and the ball comes out. Sometimes you, uh, I. The Wayne State game I did last week, um, the team they were playing put the ball on the ground five times, and Wayne State recovered none of them. Fumbles are, are not all luck, but they're probably one of the luckiest things in football. It's it's a it's an oblong ball. You have to live with the bounces. Yeah. So and then I'm just looking at PH. Their remaining league games, they get Lance Cruz North. They won big tonight, but against a, a bad team. Yeah, I hope they're enjoying it because they're gonna have to lick their chops next week. Yeah, and then uh, and lick then their wounds. I should and say. then Sterling Heights. So. I can't see any way well, PH what, doesn't Fitz win the in week eight. Well, I'm just looking at winning well, I know, the I'm blue. Just, just... Uh, I think tonight they won the blue. You still have to play the games and win, but I think tonight they won the blue. They won the blue. I would be flabbergasted, shocked, appalled if they lost their next two. I would just be absolutely stunned because this is a PH team that I think can make some big noise, and they're hoping that the eighth grade class is not too big to bump them back to D2 because that's going to play a big role in it. So so big win by PH. Big win by Marine City. Yes. I want to play the highlights in the audio first okay. because once I get going on this, I'm when I start off talking about this, I'm not going to talk about a lot of what happened on the field tonight. I think what we saw tonight was every bit indicative of the way the two programs are, how they're different and why Marine City's Marine City. I want to pick my words carefully here about why Marine City always seems when maybe they don't have all the talent, why they seem to win 
and why teams like St. Clair and Marysville feel like they have to be above and beyond better to beat them. But first, very short highlights. And then well, I talked to Dave Front for the pregame and his his defense pitched a shutout, turning the ball over when his offense turned the ball over six times. Dennis, have you ever seen that happen? No, I've never seen a team turn over six times and even be in the ball game, let alone win it and I get think a shutout. Richmond did against MLA City two years ago and won like twenty three twenty or something. But they friggin pitch a shutout and one of the turnovers was on their own five yard line so here are the very short highlights I didn't want to put all eight turnovers in there <laughs> so go to our archive and listen to that but here's the highlights and then we'll get right into the interview with coach Fred second and goal from the one final minute of the opening quarter Osterlin under center two men behind him snap handoff Maluski. this time he finds the end zone touchdown Marine City Snap, turns right, hands off, no play action. Rolls, has a man in his face, hit it, the five goes down. Ball comes out, Marine City recovers it, touchdown Marine City. Oh, I wasn't sure if Likens was down. Mariners, excuse me, the officials say he wasn't. And the defense gets Marine City on the board. 3.13 to go, snap is good, the kick is up, it has the leg, and it is good. Have those officials that just want to really, really wait. They had to make sure it went through. But, yeah, those were all the highlights. Marysville's defense played great, but Marine City's offense did enough. And, by the way, I really thought in real time on that defensive touchdown that Lycan's knee was down. Um, so that's why it was a little, I guess, for me, muted because I was waiting for the officials to go, no, no, he's down at the four. And I was like, oh, I guess he wasn't. So, anyway, Coach Front was pretty happy because um, he know he knew Marysville had a chance in this ball game and his defense. This might be one of his best masterpieces of the last few years because, I mean, any again, I can't say it enough. You were minus four in the turnover department and you shut the other team out. Here's Coach Front. He was pretty happy. All right, here with the man I talked to before the game, talked to him after the game, Dave Front. Defense, that might have been one of your your masterpieces of all time. You said you've been doing it a long time. Have you ever had six your offense turn it over six times and still pitch a shutout? I mean, that was one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen. No, I don't think we've ever had that, but you know, we just you just keep playing the next play, next play. And I think some of the guys were getting frustrated when we would turn it over, and I would just you know you had to tell them like, look, that's done and over with. Just play your game we're playing pretty well mm. and uh, even if you get put in bad spots you just got to put out the fire and I'm sure it hasn't been often that you as a defense have outscored the other team yourself you recover one of your two turnovers in the end zone to make it 14 to nothing and while the scoreboard said it was close the way your defense was playing it didn't look like you guys were ever w really worried or really felt too much in danger obviously a big play can happen at any time but you guys felt like you had them at an arm's length most of the night yeah like evan jones <laughs> thanks evan jones uh that's two two weeks in a row he scored a defensive touchdown for us and uh no i i'm really really proud of the guys because they 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 dialed in and they they knew their assignments and they really played well and again i had to check the film to see how who exactly was but i know we had a, a number of guys step up and play really well so i'm really proud of them 
Some of the guys, at least from the booth in real time, I saw uh, Bodie Ramsey was all over the field. Jeremy Westrick was flying around. I, those were the two guys, at least in real time. I know when you go back and film, you'll see maybe other guys. But those were two that, during the game, I felt like I was saying their name on every big play defensively, and there was a lot of them. Yeah, I think – I'm sure they did because I knew we, we were – we thought we were a little unmatched or overmatched uh, up front with their size and power. Um, so to have those guys play the way they did and, um, you know, kind of limit their, their running game to uh, – to, I don't even know what it, what it was, what we did, but I, I know they had to play well. So And I saw them flying around pretty uh, a lot too, and I was really happy with that. And uh, just – like I said, proud of them. They stepped up and, and – uh, you know, I challenged a couple of them yesterday to really put in their, uh, take a look and, and make sure their assignments were, were good and they knew what they were doing, and, and I think they did well. So I, I'm very, very proud of them. Well, Coach, uh, congratulations on the win, and that was that was a heck of a performance. I mean, again, get put in bad spots and you still pitch a shutout, you outscore the other team. That You can't really ask more out of a defense, can you? Yeah, no, no, I'm really happy. And like I said, you get put in bad spots. We got had it on our own 10 at one point and, and knocked them out, you know, make sure we, we got the ball back. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, again, like we just keep playing. It's next play mentality. Just just keep going and, and do the next play, next play, next play. And we told them before the game, it's a series of battles. Every play is a new battle. Every play is a new game. And you just you try to uh, win that and then come back and do it again. Well, Coach, go celebrate the win. Congratulations once again. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk about what happened on the field because – it was an interesting ball game again. Eight total turnovers. One went for a score for for Marine City. But tonight was the encapsulation of why Marine City finds ways to win and why Marine City year in and year out has success. When I tell you that Marine City and Marysville's rosters are not that different, that they have very similar talent. But the, just the culture at Marine City, the fact that they show up and they do all the little things right, they, they don't make mistakes, that they have those kids ready to go and that they find ways to win, that they turn it over six times and shut the t- other team out. They smothered Mar- Marysville. It felt like it was a 48-long-minute chokehold that Marine City had. And very, very slowly, that clock kept draining. And Marysville's defense was kicking and screaming, trying to keep them in the game. Coming out of the half, it was 14 nothing, And Mar- Marysville gets another stop, trying to get back in this game. But Marine City, you could tell tonight, that I don't know if it's a belief, if it's a confidence thing, what it is between those schools. And I'll throw St. Clair in there because I think they have a talented roster as well. And they played with Marine City, but again, what did Marine City do at the end of that one? Choke the life out of St. Clair. Tonight was as much of an encapsulation of why Marine City dominates the their two rivals and why they are what they are and I just think all the credit in the world the kids have gotten a lot better they buy in and they're all in in the culture you have to be if you're playing at Marine City football but Darren Letson, Dave Friend, Andy Shield that whole coaching staff does a great job an incredible job and 
I will say Marine City rarely, if ever, gets out coached. And usually that's an advantage for Marine City. And I think they proved why they're they can plug and play with coaches that every transition's pretty seamless and that Dave Friend is one of the best assistants, not just in the area, but in the state. And now, you know, the 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 Mariners are in position. They still got to get through Lampfear and Clintondale. They're 8-1. They're, eight and one. they're, eight and one. they're, they're in position. I'm putting a pin in them. I'm just going to put them off to the side, say, okay, they're 8-1. and one. They're not losing to Lampfear, and they're not losing to Clintondale. They're not losing to whatever rat bronze team they have Center to play. Line. If they, okay, I, I'll spot center line 50 and Marine City will still win. <laughs> and who's their week nine? Durand. Durand. And Durand, I think, is pretty bad this year after graduating like their entire team from a year ago. So they're going 8-1, and one, and we'll see who they play in the first round of the playoffs. That Because Marine City, the, the, the test they had with Marysville after they Marysville whooped Lamphere, I went, okay, this is a real test for Marine City. And their offense struggled, and I will give Marysville's defense credit. I think on one of the turnovers, they were moving down the field when they fumbled. There was a bad snap. There were two interceptions. There was, uh, and the other two, I think, were short gains where the ball popped out. So it's not like Marine City was marching down the field and they just couldn't hold on to it. There was a there was a few in Marysville territory. But Marysville's defense did everything it could. Their offense just had no life after the first couple of drives. Once Marine City's defense zeroed in and figured out what they needed to do, they suffocated Marysville, and Marysville did not have the counterpunch to Marine City. You know, um, it's worth mentioning that after giving up 39 points in week one, the, their defense has given up like 17 points. Their defense, yeah, because they gave up 10 points tonight. And the one was a field goal with five minutes left to go in the game after they had been on the field what it felt like for 40 of the 48 minutes of the football game. They gave up one touchdown, and that was set up on a perfect Lincoln Osterland throw to Parker Atkinson where Dennis, I, don't, I think it was Likens in coverage that he, he could have smelled Parker's breath but Lincoln just dropped it in a bucket, and that's when you go perfect offense beats perfect defense. Marysville's defense is good, but you get shut out, and there's not much you can do. And it's got to be frustrating because, I mean, Dennis, how often do you see a, a defense outscore the other team combined? Yeah, well, I and I'm just looking at their, their schedule – I mean, they're either going to get really, really well because uh, Clintondale, I, I think at home, they're going to handle Clintondale. Yes. Then there's the St. Clair game. That That's, you know, that's closer than I think a lot of people think. I think that'll be a rivalry game, and we'll talk about St. Clair in a bit. And they'll beat Lincoln, and then they got PH at the end of the schedule, and I don't know that anybody's going to beat the Red Hawks the rest of the regular season. No, that looks like a team I would be very, very worried about about playing. But, I'm, I mean, I, I think they're going to win at least two more games. They might win three more games. Marysville can still be all right. But they have to find their idea. Who is the real Marysville Vikings? Well, 
See, this is a hard game to judge because the defense from Marysville did everything you could have asked them. Dennis, you know, even forget the bad snap and, and the one, and there was a fumble where Lincoln Osterlin just he just dropped the ball. I don't know what happens. Hey, he's a sophomore. Bleep happens. Um, so you force four turnovers. I'd say four legit turnovers. Heck, if you want to take the one where the, the the running back went down, okay, there's no – still three legit turnovers. You give up ten points. Dennis, what more are you asking from your defense? If I told you Marysville's defense would give up ten points, you're going Vikings win, and probably by a couple scores. But you've got to score, and they didn't score tonight. So that's what I'm asking. Which team is this? Is this the team that's been shut out twice this year, or or is this the team that averages 40 points a win when they win a game? And that's what I don't know. That's what I don't know. Um, and by the way, Zach Winston went down in the first quarter. Hunter Lichen stepped in. I think they're very similar quarterbacks. I think they, they both are – they can both do the job at Marysville. So I don't think that's a reason why, oh, if, if Zach was in, Marysville wins. I think Hunter does a does a good enough job there. He does fine. And just Marine City was locked in and wasn't letting Marysville do anything. Um, and, and, again, all the credit to Marine City. Uh, they We kind of said, all right, Marine City might be in a vulnerable spot. Paul Muscat didn't play in this game. So they were out with one of the, without one of their best weapons, and it was at home. Mary, it was a great crowd. There were people lined up when I got there at about 520. There was already about three dozen people waiting to get in. Gates didn't open until 6, and Marysville just couldn't do it. Well, I Again, the defense did everything. It's... it's weird because if you look at one part you go who marine city's offense turned it over a lot that's not good and marysville's defense again 10 points and they gave up two plays i think of 15 yards or more that's a really really good job against the marine city offense but then if you just looked at the offensive side you're going oh my gosh what is marysville's going to struggle to score against any defense and i and if Marysville's offense can become semi, give them 20 points, and I don't think that's a big ask, and you have a chance in a lot of these games, but Marine City, it, like again, I don't think Clinton, Dale, or Lamphere are going to beat them. I think they're going to win the rest of their games, and I am going to put them at 8-1, and I'm just going to kind of take Marine City, go, okay, 8-1, and one, let's see who draw in the playoffs, and not to, like, what we usually do, go, all right, we'll come back to you in the playoffs. Because that's what we usually do when they're done with their rivalry games. Say, okay, we'll deal with you come postseason time. Yeah, all right. So uh, a, a team that doesn't need any more moral victories. This is a team that just needs victories. St. Clair's defense came back tonight, but the, their offense didn't. Uh, they lose 14-7 to to Lamphere. Had the ball goal to go with yeah. under – two or three minutes to go through an interception. Yeah, they were like at the three. Yeah, and second and goal from the three, and on third down it was a pick. And and this is their third straight, like, you know, they played well enough in the Marine City game to deserve better than a 39-20 to 20 loss. Last week against Clintondale, 36-34, what they got stopped on a two-point conversion. And now this week they lose 14-7, to seven, turning the ball over at the three-yard line late in the game. 
the Saints need something to go right for them, and you can make the argument, well, you got to make your own breaks. But they need something here because they're so close, and yet now they're one and four, so they're so far. Yeah, and they basically have to run the table if they want to get into the playoffs. But I just don't know with the Saints team. Who Was it Marysville Baseball a couple years ago where it felt like you could never get all facets going at the same time where they'd get a good pitching game, but they'd get one hit? Or they'd put up nine hits, but they'd walk eight guys. That's what it feels like the St. Clair team is. Hey, the defense holds a team to, to two touchdowns, and you get seven points. Or, ooh, the offense gets it going. They put five scores on the board, and you gave up 36. Like, it just, if they could get this going at the same time, this is not a bad St. Clair team. And, again, I give them credit for looking internally after the first couple of weeks and saying we need to change something. And they did. It started to work. But, golly, they just need to figure out how to win. And, again, it goes back to the Marine City thing. Those kids know how to win. They just know, and there's no way to quantify it. There's no stat to look at. There's no way to measure it but we'll talk about it I think in the Almont Armada game as well Marine City knows how to figure out in tough games when maybe they are outmatched with talent or maybe they're outmatched with size strength whatever they just figure out a way to win and that is a mentality that gets deeply rooted that you can't it's hard to change in a short time that you have to have years of success and right now, St. Clair just doesn't have that. And they just can't figure out a way to win in those tough moments. Well, uh, I mean, they, they have to win at Southlake next week. That they're has going to, to be they're a game going to win at South that, Lake's that they handle. Uh, then they'll have the Marysville game. They should be able to beat Hazel Park. Um, and then they get Northern at the end of the, the season. So they, they got a, a couple of, I think, Games where they're the, the heavy favorite, and they've got a couple of games where they're probably the underdog. How about this is what the St. Clair defense did. They held Lamphere to 174 yards. They, they forced five turnovers against the Rams. And, and that's with two fourth down stops. So in essence, seven turnovers, and you get seven points. It's... I, I, I think Ben Farkas is going to be a really good quarterback. And he had a 40-yard touchdown run, and he finished the night with 30 yards rushing. Makes sense of that for me. Well, I mean, that's just, you know, that, that sack yardage and stuff that they're charging to the quarterback. I know, so, but still. I mean, it's that's, that's more of a, a, a problem with the protection than it is with what he's doing. So, I just... I don't know what to make of the St. Clair team. I said it last week, and I'll say it this week. I'll say it right now. The St. Clair team is much better than last year's team, and yet they don't have a lot to show for it, and history might not show that. I guess if there's one thing I'd say to the St. Clair team is it's tough, but you got to stay the course because if you let it fall apart, then all the work you've done to get to this point falls with it. You should go down to South Lake. I believe they're at South Lake, and yeah. just roll them. Then you're going to have a Marysville game, a rivalry game. It's going to have a, the, the new trophy game there, and 
That's going to be an emotional game. And, heck, if you're the St. Clair defense, you're looking at it now saying, all right, Marine City shut them out. We have a chance to shut them out. And I don't know. St. Clair just needs to figure out how to win, and that's a really tough thing for young teams to do, and it's really tough to instill without just doing it. All right, we'll get to the BWAC after the break. Romeo beat Anchor Bay 31-13, and New Haven 57, Madison 6. How bad is Madison? Madison is not good. And that's a program that was playing in a state final in the not-too-distant past. Yeah, Uh, it's all falling apart there. All right, BWAC scores coming up next. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise financial advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, into the BWAC we go. Uh, And uh, the big, big, big game tonight was Almont Armada. And uh, Brady, there's a theme here. Almont wins 13-12. But they had to come from behind to do it. They were down 12 nothing. This sounds familiar to me. Armada had the lead at Yale. Couldn't hold it. They had a 14 nothing lead against Croslex with five minutes to go in the half. Couldn't hold it. They were up 12 nothing at the break in this one and lose 13-12. The Armada Tigers are better than their record, but... They have some chinks in the armor this year, and well, closing out I, games I is one of them. Talking about Almont because all this team does is win. 
They came from behind to beat North Branch. They came from two scores down and shut out Armada in the second half to get a 13-12 win at Armada. We just need to give Almont their flowers because much like Marine City, they just know how to win. They're a group of kids that has been in a community that for 20 damn years, all Almont does is win football games. And after a, basically a new crop of kids came in, they took the, the, the torch and said, yes, please, we'll be just fine with it. And a game that when I saw it was 12 nothing, I went, uh-oh, Armada's figuring it out. But Almont, hey, they, they stayed the course. I think they were down 12 nothing at half. Yep. And Almont outscores them 13-12. to And also, special teams are pretty important. Armada missed the first extra point, so they tried to chase and, and get the two points back on the second touchdown, didn't get it. It was two touchdowns to two, but Almont made one of the extra points. Yeah, uh, Almont actually has a real good kicker. Yeah, I, I yes, I, I like Almont's kicker. We have a few good kickers in the area. Uh, Bartels is awesome at Richmond. Yep. Um, uh, um, Sanchez at Marine City, I think, does a pretty good job. Uh, but that's beside the point. Um, but I've been on the Almont train the whole way. I, mean, I know I picked them. I, I was the one guy that picked them to win this game. You and the people, um, because I do again. Yeah, they're they're a program. They're like Marine City. They're like Beach. They're like Ubly. Hard you have for me to, be to orange and black to have yeah, a program. It, it's 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 just hard for me to go against them from from week to week. But I'm just I'm looking at Armada. Uh, who I think we both agree, Brady. We like Armada. We 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 love their coach. We we think that they have the players to win football games. I thought they were unlucky against Yale. Croslex turned it on and were phenomenal in the third quarter of that game, and and run them off the field. They did what they're supposed to do against Imlay City, and obviously they played a good first half in the game. Uh, against uh, Almont, but something went away in in the second half. They couldn't get that third touchdown. They they couldn't get the stop that keeps them in the lead, uh, and they end up losing another football game. Where I know they're walking away, going, "How did we not win?" Like, like that's that's but, a couple times now this season, and that's the difference between being two and three. And maybe three and two or four and one, which is a big difference. And who knows? Maybe you win the Yale game and you you build confidence again. Cross Lex is really damn good. I don't know if you're slowing that Cross Lex team down, but oof, it's they just it's a young Cross or young Armada team. Is then they they have to learn how to win. A lot of those guys weren't big players on the last two years of Armada. And a lot of those guys need to learn how to win themselves. And they're doing a lot of things right. They are, they've taken two score leads against Croslex and Armada, Croslex and Almont. And they had a, uh, what, a touchdown lead against uh, Yale as well, right? It was 21 14. Yeah, they came storming back. They were down 21 to, to 7 or whatever it was and took the lead 28 21. So. I, this is the million-dollar question that I'm sure if anyone had the answer to, they'd be coaching in the NFL, but how do you get a, a, a team to learn how to win? How do you get a team that can 
really put the the nail in the coffin and put teams away because it is obvious that Armada can play with these teams. Uh, for a half, they were playing with Cross-Lex. Now, that game got off the rails. Do I think Cross-Lex is the better team? Yes. Do I think they're, what, four or five scores better? No. I think sometimes when a game, you know, Dennis, when a yeah. game gets wild, sometimes it's hard to get it back under control. But that's what I mean. They've got to figure out in that situation how to get it back on the rails before it got to this, got away from them. Right. And Almont, just they figure out how to win. This has been a, a series that the last three years have been really great games that have been hard-fought victories by both sides. But Armada needs to figure it out because we, we ran the numbers and you're probably in if you um, can't find a way to win one of these big games. But that's not what Armada wants. Rowley always talks about the standards, the standard, and the losing the games the way they are, I know is not the standard for him. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I, I think they'll beat Algonac. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they have to go to North Branch. Richmond's a home game, and then they play at Corona. And we're now talking. Corona's uh, a really good. That is going yeah, to be so a tough, we're, we're, tough we're, game. We're talking about three tough games now because we're finding out that, you know, we think Richmond is for real. Yeah. And that's um, well that's at Armada. That's the one yeah, Richmond has to but, go on the road for. But but I mean Armada's gotta find some wins. And I think this team needs to if you if they can stay together because they're cl- it's obvious they're close. And I know it's frustrating losing all these close games. You prove you're put in those spots, but I, I just Armada has to find a way to finish out a game. And, and oh, sorry, you said who do they have next week? Uh, they've they, got Algonac next. All right. So they'll take care of business there. And then, and then they go to North Branch, Branch home to North. Richmond, and then to Corona. So those are three tough games. Right. And I think. And they're going to go into that stretch a three and three football team. Right. Needing to probably win at least one of them. So who knows? But Almont's really good. It sets up the undefeated BWAC showdown between Almont and Croslex next week because Croslex rolled Yale. But anything left on the Battle of the Orange and Black A teams? No, just that, uh, um, again, I'm happy for two reasons that Almont won. One, <laughs> I, one, I picked them, and that's the main reason. But two, because it does set up an undefeated game. It seems like the last couple of years we've wanted this big undefeated game game but everybody's got a tough game before that game right a and they couldn't years, get it was through Armada it losing yeah. to Almont like seven nothing or something and then last year it was Almont beating Croslex before they went to North Branch and actually Armada beat North Branch and then we went wait a minute you two weren't supposed to lose yeah. before that game yeah so we we finally have uh, a Croslex Almont uh game where neither team has lost and we can make a big deal about it and for good reason they're two good teams, and I don't know why I had a feeling that this game was going to be like this. But Croslex beat Yale forty-one to nothing, and all the scoring was in the first half. And uh, Yale is uh, since beating Armada, that's three straight losses, and the last two have been bad. Yeah. Um, and Croslex has just—I mean—that nobody's really challenged them yet. Rich, Richmond's their closest game 
And there, even though that game was close, there really wasn't a point in it where I well, said, I mean, "Not nah, Richmond's going to win this game." Well, I, I guess Crosslex had an answer. That. Richmond never had the ball with a chance to take the lead. Yeah, well, I mean, but they had the ball with a chance to tie it, right? But and I they know kicked the field goal, and Crosslex didn't hesitate. They marched downfield and scored, right, to make it, uh, you know. 21 to 10 from 14 to 10. And yeah, the last touchdown came late, but they got it. Right. So, Croslex is just a wagon. Like, they are, no pun intended with the Pioneer. But um, I don't know what to make against their matchup against Almont because Croslex has been doing it with style points. Almont hasn't, but. I would say Almont has had the la- the tougher of the last couple games, or is that just because Cross-Lex has made the last handful of games look relatively easy? Well, I mean, when when we looked at it, we thought, well, Armada's going to be a tough game. Yeah. Yale's going to be a tough game. And they, it was for they, a half. This one they, wasn't. They ended up scoring 94 points in those two games and giving up 28. I mean, so I, I don't know. And, I mean, uh, again – they they played a couple of weaker teams in there, but I mean for the first three games of the season, what they outscored their opponents like a hundred and thirty to nothing. That's a little flashy. Croslex is a really good team. <laughs> Croslex is a really really good team, um, and I just don't have any analysis <laughs> besides that. I mean, holy hell! Like I thought. I mean, this could possibly be a look ahead spot. I wasn't calling for that, but. That shows they're a mature team, that they're not looking towards Almont and going, yeah, Yale's been whopped the last couple of weeks or last week, and we'll take care of business. They went out there, said, thank you very much. We'll take the trophy. It's halftime. Let's rest our guys, and let's get out of here in 24 minutes. That's basically what they did. Well, I mean, uh, and and again, Yale's got to win their next two. Yes, because they've got Elmont and Schwartz Creek at the at the end, and I don't know what Schwartz Creek is, but Elmont's good. <laughs> We've yeah. established that. Um, so they, uh, Yale's got uh, it, it's it's a good stretch for them because they get Emily City at home, and then they go to Algonac. They got to win both those games and and get to four and three, and then figure out the last two weeks of the season and how they can get into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they have to they have to turn it around and they have to turn it around quickly. Yeah, it's, it's got to happen now for them. Richmond uh, was sleepwalking for a bit and then they figured it out, but it was seven to three at halftime. And I'm going, is there some weird? I mean, Emily City's a <laughs> tough place to play. It is not very inviting to guess. And it was seven three at halftime. Richmond put it away thirty five to three, but. I think this was a game where maybe Richmond learned its lesson not to look ahead to their three-game stretch, and it's always nice when you can learn a lesson and not take a loss for it. Well, I I, I like this uh, that you know they had a a, a a smidgen of adversity here, and then they figured it out. They they win the game thirty-five to three. So obviously in the second half they put it away. Um, and, and they got the job done. This was a game that they were supposed to win and that with the three-game stretch that they've got coming up, they needed to win, really. And, and that's to, to say that about a team that's now 4-1 and one on the season and your only loss is to an undefeated Croslex uh, team. But with North Branch, Elmont, and Armada all in a row, 
you know that Richmond went in at halftime and Coach Misko was like, boys, got to win this game. Mm-hmm. And they responded. So I like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, in, in the end, uh, I realized it was close for a little while, but, you know, I don't think MLA City goes out and rolls over against anybody. No. They might get beat. but I, I like Coach Brown, and yeah, I think he's doing I, I think what they he's play planned, hard, at least. But BWAC's not the not the conference to try to build up. Like, that is a Herculean task to take a team from the bottom and compete with these teams on a week-in, week-out basis. But Richmond's defense did a really nice job. They held MLA City to under 100 yards rushing. I think it was 130-some for the game. Uh, Richmond didn't have a great offensive game. They they had a, a couple of turnovers, but th- they got it done. And at the end of the end of the night, they win 35 to three. And anytime you can face adversity and win 35 to three, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah. And now the tough stretch comes for Richmond. That they are going to. This is hey, you go two and one in these next three, even one and two, and you're competitive in the others. You're going. This is a pretty darn good football team, and not a team I'd want to see in the playoffs. No, not at all. And, and we're, you know, if they get to five wins, we we think Richmond's getting in. Oh yeah, and I, I I I would be very shocked and disappointed if they go zero and three the next three weeks. Well, we'll see what happens, but they, they do get the win tonight. Uh, the other BWAC game got moved to Saturday, uh, we assume for officials, uh, but North Branch will travel to Algonac, and that game will be at 1 o'clock on uh, Saturday, so they did not play on Friday night. All right, and we'll have some scores in the thumb. We'll do the thumb uh, next, plus Mooney. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Call 810-987-2185. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com.
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, I'm going to start with uh, Mooney here, uh, Brady. They went on the road uh, and beat Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes, 39-7, to which is kind of what we thought they would uh, do. I was a little nervous that it might be a trap game with I, Everest coming up next, but they took care of business, and, and this is three wins in a row for Mooney, and with Everest beating Liggett by two, 31-29, it sets up the two-league undefeated next week at Everest. Oh, and I uh... – I asked for forty-two to ten, but I'll take what thirty-nine to seven. Thirty-nine to seven is close. That's pretty close. Mooney did what they needed to do. That's a mature team. You went on the road and beat a a team that I think at least can walk and chew gum at the same time. That they'll beat bad teams. And now you set up the Everest game, and this Everest game is why you played Harbor Beach. It's why you went to Saginaw Lutheran Seminary to get you ready for this game. Now that Liggett game at the end of the year is not or at the end of the league year is not going to be a layup, but I think you have a you have a, a shot in both those games. The only thing I don't know is is Liggett with a two point loss to Everest, have they risen up to where Everest is and they're gonna be a threat in the playoffs and they could be a quarterfinal semifinal team, or is Everest just Pretty darn good, but not this great elite team that makes the semifinals every single year. That's the only question is, how good are those two teams? Because I know they're both good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to go on the assumption that this uh, they're going to be two tough games in Mooney. Mooney's a good football team, but they're going to have to play good football to win these uh, two games because Liggett's going to win their next two. Yeah, so, they play what, like Cabrini and Lakes or something. Yeah, or so basically, maybe Shrine. I don't know if if Everest wins, they're league champs. Yeah, they're league champs because they've already beat Liggett. Yeah, Mooney uh, wins. If Mooney they're, wins, they're probably a shit. They at least share. But but they're in the driver's seat. Like if if Mooney wins, Liggett has to beat them, not the other way around. Right. And the games at Mooney when they play Liggett. At oh, the, you mean uh, we get a press box? The the end of the year. So, I mean, either either way, it's it's a big game, but you have to worry about what's in front of you, and they have to go to Everest this year, which, you know, they, they played them twice last year at East China Stadium, beat them the first time, which is the only time they've ever beaten them. Didn't work out so well. That was that, the only that, time Everest lost to a league opponent yeah. not named Royal Oak Shrine. Yeah, so, I mean – whether Everest is up, down, or in between, they're playing for the league championship next week, and you're the defending champs. You, you know, th- this is going to be a good football game, right? Absolutely. Um, up in the thumb, Ubly beat Memphis sixty-three to nothing. Ubly, 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 Ubly. Um, Harbor Beach twenty-two, Marlette six. This was a scoreless game at half. This is a good showing by Marlette, but I don't think they want us to sit here and say, like, oh, good job, guys. You played them tough. That was a game I think Marlette expected to go up to Beach and win because they want to be considered one of the big boys in the East. And to be the man, you have to beat the man. And they gave Harbor Beach hell, but Beach is just too good. And I had home. a feeling after getting waxed by Ubley, Beach wasn't going to lose this game. But at least, and again, no moral victories, 
But I'm happy Marlette went up there and really gave it a game because this is a team you might see in the playoffs. This is a matchup you might get as a district semifinal. And to know you're in there that, hey, they play again. If they played again, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Marlette could get, get them the second time, make the right coaching adjustments. Can I say it, though? Can I say it? Go Can ahead. I say it? The beach is back. <laughs> yeah, they still have to deal with Ubley, so. Yeah, well, not until the postseason. I'll say the beach is they back. they got to deal with Sandusky about, next. Until about 15 miles inland. <laughs> um, Sandusky won 32-14 over Bad Axe. Bad Axe was giving them troubles in the first half, but the Wolves – tracked down their prey and, and, and broke the hatchets. And, and a nice bounce back for them after losing last week at home to Marlette. Uh, they, they turn it around, go on the road, too. That's the other thing, and it's, you know, it's not a hop, skip, and a jump up to, to Bad Axe. So uh, I, I like I like this Sandusky team. They're, they're quietly putting together a very nice year. They're 4-1. They go to Beach next week and then Ubley the week after that. So they're probably going to be four and three, but I still think they're a good football team, and I think they're a team that's going to get into the playoffs this year. Yeah. So anything else with the GTC East? No, because, you know, with, with Ubley being Ubley, the, the league's pretty much already decided. I mean, who's going to beat them? No one. And that's not to say there's not three other good football teams in there. I mean, Beach, Marlette, and Sandusky are all going to be playoff teams. The only problem is that Beach and uh, Marlette are going to be in the same district as Ubley, and Sandusky's probably going to be in a district with, like, Cass City and all the good teams from the west side of the thumb. Yeah. So it's it's, it's a tough league up in the thumb. It's it's tough love up in the thumb. Uh, Some close games in the stars. Yeah. Um, Brown City beat Atherton 38-16, and that's not really a close game, but I think we just assumed Brown City was going to roll, so when they didn't absolutely dominate the game, we go, all right, maybe not quite what we expected. Deckerville 44, Oakland Christian 30. This one surprised me a little bit. Uh, I mean, Deckerville got the win. That was the important was part. Was this in Deckerville or down in, in uh, This Oakland game Christian? was, hold on, I got I it I believe up. it was in this Deckerville. This game was at Deckerville. Okay. So maybe Oakland Christian has some guys back, but I thought Deckerville was going to roll this one pretty handily. After no, this game was at Oakland Christian. Really? I'm sorry. Okay. I was right, looking at it, uh, Atherton's. That makes thing. it a little different because that's a long drive for Deckerville. Yeah, actually, Deckerville played their first four games at home, and their last five are all road games. Wait, really? Yep. They were home to Ashley, home to KPAC, home to Dryden, home to Brown City. Now they're at Oakland Christian, at Kingston, at Mayville. Oh, Atherton's a home game, and then at Peck. <laughs> all right. At least the Pecs one's a short game. Um, speaking of teams that need to learn how to win, I think K-Pack and Coach Novi are doing things the right way out there. And I feel like they're close to not being a top team in the Stars, but being a team that can be around 500. They lose to Mayville 16-14. to Mayville, the other undefeated in the league. And this is the second straight week they lose by two points. Well, uh, K-Pac's last they three. They were up 14-8, to eight, and then in the fourth corner, Mayville scored and got the two-point conversion. Yeah. Um, here, here's K-Pac's last three games. Lost at Atherton, 14-6. Lost at home to Oakland Christian, 30-28, to 28, and lost at home to Mayville, 16-14. So they're not far off. 
And hopefully for a, a program like KPAC that's fallen on hard times is trying to get kids to come out. And I think when you're being competitive with teams, when you can say, hey, go into school and maybe if there's talent in the halls, you can say, hey, Dennis, we get a kid, you and we get your friend Johnny out that maybe we make the step and we flip a couple of these games. Uh, I just... I hope K-Pac can continue to build on it because this was a game I think we were worried that K-Pac might take it on the chin, and they hold a team that's been scoring a lot to 16 points and basically lost on a two-point conversion. Yeah. Uh, this game was played actually on Thursday. Kingston beat Dryden 58 to nothing was the other game in the Stars this week. Again, Dryden re- resurrected their program after, what, like five, six years in the grave? Yeah, the 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 stripes was not pretty. All Saints beat Peck seventy-four to eight, um, and boy this, did I did I miss the boat a, on this CPS well, thing. The Peck one, it's just they're so young. They are so young, and a program that we're used to being really really good. I mean, you're you have a hundred to two hundred kids at your school. You're at the mercy of the genetic dice and who's coming through when. Peck had some really good luck with the genetic dice the last few years. Now they haven't, and it sounds like all the players that have potential can be there can't even drive a car yet. So I think this is a team that in a couple years will be back to winning a lot of games, but right now they're struggling. But, yeah, I I thought Merritt would win. I didn't think they'd beat CPS 62 to nothing. I honestly thought CPS would win this game. Like, I – the, I was looking at the scores, and I'm like, ooh, I haven't lost. I haven't lost. I'm 8-0, and, and, and I'm pretty sure North Branch will be all right against Algonac. So if CPS wins, I'm going to have a 10-0 and week in a week where I thought I might have a losing record, and then you told me 62 to nothing, and I'm like, no, that's a lie. <laughs> I mean, I just like I, – I, I don't get it. How can Merritt score 18 points all season and suddenly score 62? And how can CPS, who, yeah, I know they're losing and they're giving up a lot, but they score every week. They got 74 points in their first four games, and they get nothing against a Merritt team that's given up 130 points in three games? Yeah. Like, how how did this score happen? How How does this happen? And especially since the CPS coach was riding you, for picking against them. <laughs> no, coach just wanted to say, just reach out and say hi. And, uh, you know, hey, if, if we need to be your motivation, we pick against, especially in the BWAC, we pick against half the teams every week, so we're someone's motivation. And you can be, we can be your motivation as much as you want. I mean, at least that means you care enough about us to, to think we know what we're talking about, so... Oh, they got All Saints next week. That's a tough. That's a tough one to follow up with. But um, yeah, that was not the best showing in the stripes. But those are two programs trying to find their footing. All but right. final thoughts on the week. I mean, it kind of went for the most part how we expected. I mean, the Almont Armada game was a coin flip. That's a one point game that Almont figured out a way to win. We didn't expect the PH Northern game to be a 34-point game. I mean, that was, I think, so far out of both both of our vision that we weren't expecting that. And the Marine City Marysville game was both not as close as seven to seventeen to nothing, but way closer than seventeen to nothing. It was like Schrodinger's shutout. <laughs> oh man. 
So, and we'll have a fun one next week. I mean, there's not as many big-time matchups next week, but I think we make up for it with the quality of Almont Croslex. Yeah, I mean, and again... I'll get to see the Pioneers what, for the first what, time. Uh, what is going to happen in, in this game? Uh, it's down in Elmont, so uh, I think that's an edge for the Raiders. But I've seen Croslex on the road in tough places, and it doesn't seem to bother them. And, like, they got some dudes. That's that's all I can say about them is they've got some dudes, hey, Al- and they're letting them be dudes. Elmont's got some dudes, too. And – that's what we've said about everybody. Armada's got some dudes. Yeah, not the against B-Way Crosslex. A lot of Yale's dudes. got some dudes. Yeah, not against Crosslex. <laughs> uh, so, oh, and the dudes from Crosslex are staying healthy. Knock on wood. But yes. they're staying healthy and they're staying out there. But, Dennis, it's late. Anything else? If not, we'll be back Tuesday. Um, and I think, uh, I think it's time to break out the playoff tier list on Tuesday. Oh, here we go. Hey, I, I waited more than five weeks into the season before I really even mentioned it in more than just passing. I, I, I think six should be the thing, but if you want to do it a week early, I, I'll let well, you. That's just because we usually did it, we did it every spo- other week. I spoil you. I'll let after you. After five, after seven, and then after the, the draw comes out. Okay. So we have three additions. See, I think ahead. Once in a while, I do. Okay. Think a step ahead. I'm like a carpenter that builds stairs. They're creaky. They're <laughs> very, very creaky. They're very creaky. All right, before we ramble on too long, hit the close. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.